Hello and welcome back to Portrait of an Editor. In this episode, Robin Chapman discusses her work on First Second's release of Homicide, the graphic novel, which is an adaptation of David Simon's nonfiction book, Homicide, A Year on the Killing Streets, and that book ended up being the source material for the award-winning TV show, Homicide, Life on the Streets. Robin provides some great info on the unique journey the detailed adaptation took from the States to France and back. She also details all the hard work the first second crew did to realize this impressive two-part graphic novel. Enjoy! Robin, welcome to Portrait of an Editor. I guess we're going to just dive right into it because uh, and talk about Homicide, the graphic novel, and everything, uh, and just focus on that, because I don't know if I've ever talked about it in the years I've been doing the podcast, but Homicide Life on the Street, and then of course I went back, which was the TV show I was a huge fan of. There's a group of friends of, uh, uh, that we would just always talk about it and really enjoyed the show. And of course, eventually I went back and read the nonfiction book by David Simon, Homicide, A Year on the Killing Streets, uh, which came out in 1991, which is 32 years ago, um, is a, an excellent book. So uh, welcome on to the show. Let's just talk homicide, I guess. My first question is, what? It, sort of just give us sort of anybody who's listening and realizing, oh, wait, there's I'm a fan of The Wire, I'm a fan of, of the TV show, and, and also the books that David's uh, written, and the other shows he's done, and now here's a graphic novel. How did you, you know, first second, uh, come come to publishing this? Well, it's it's kind of an interesting story. Like, a, it's not the typical path that a graphic novel usually takes when it's when it's published. Um, so, of course, David Simon wrote um, a Homicide Year on the Killing Streets um, in 1991, and um, Several years later, um, I, you know, in the, let's see, in 2018, a French publisher called Delcor mm-hmm. published a four-volume adaptation of his novel, um, his uh, piece of uh, true crime writing. And so then we um, licensed from the French publisher their French edition and did an English version in two volumes. Um, so from what I understand, the, the illustrator, um, Philip Scarzozzi, um, he worked very closely with David creating this graphic novel in French. And then we kind of joined, um, the, the party a few years later to make an English edition. So, so, uh, so oh, okay. go ahead. No. Well, oh, yeah, I mean... so that's that story, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so we didn't, um, it's not, you know, sort of a typical graphic novel where we acquire it from the writer or the writer artist team and develop it over time with them. It's a, it's a license, which is a little different. And we do those fairly often at first second, um, you know, really from the beginning. Uh, our our uh, editorial director, creative director, Mark Siegel, he's been interested in Franco-Belgian comics. And we've, we've you know, throughout our the years, we've published them. And it's an unabridged adaptation from the French. It's unabridged, it seems, because of the, I mean, we're talking almost 700 pages of work. Yeah, and, yeah that's right. It's, yeah, the, the, the first one's 300 something, the, the second one's 400 
Um, these are long books. Uh, yeah. And so we, yeah, was it, we usually don't, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because the original source materials in English yeah. and then it was translated into French. And then we, I wouldn't say to say we translated it back into English isn't quite right because we weren't playing like a game of telephone where we were translating the French back into English. Cause um, that really didn't make sense. Basically we're, it was like an adaptation. We took the French, you know, source material and then went back to the original um, text by David Simon and put that in um, to the word balloons, basically. So it says, it says, um, uh, it says, faithful to david simon's book as we could possibly be um because yeah otherwise yeah, it'd be a game of telephone translating mm-hmm. to french then translating back into english and having something that's garbled and um is not as beautiful as david simon's original writing yeah when i worked at humanoids we did a lot of translation and, and there was some crime stuff that um when i got the french translation because it was written in french and then it was translated into english uh I was like, whoa, this is missing the American attitude or temperature of to be, you know, they're, the French are doing something based in, you know, a story's based in America, but it's all written in French and then it comes over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I had to sit down and go, okay, I need to sort of tap into whatever crime stuff I like and sort of bring it back around to make it sound very American. But you guys had the benefit of David's uh, novel, which is a big tome a pretty big tome to and you went right back into it and we were able to just yeah. pull right out of that okay that's great yeah. yeah and and philippe did a lot of that work he basically you know went back to the original and pasted in the text as best he could um into the balloons and into the the captions and then we edited it um carefully because um you know english is not his first language so every once in a while um tenses wouldn't match or it, it was just wasn't quite quite right so, um, or sometimes, you know, these, the, this is an ad- adaptation of David Simon's work. So sometimes scenes are omitted. Sometimes they're, um, you know, they're, you know, they're contracted or their uh, two scenes are joined together. And so the text needs to be adjusted. So it makes sense for this new a- adaptation. Um, so, so sometimes like if you take the text verbatim, it doesn't make sense because, um, of the way the, the the panel is laid out or um what's happening in the panel like you you don't uh like you'd say um you know all all three of the the uh the criminals were guilty but in the panel there's only two criminals because the scene, the scene was contracted or something so you just have to change three to two things like that um that just uh, but we tried to um keep it really faithful to the text and and only make those edits when it was kind of necessary for practical reasons it just it's an interesting translation going from english to french back to english and then realizing i I, people i know it seems like oh that would be easy you're just putting in but no there's so much more work on just making things fit because you didn't change the artwork you didn't change anything um, with the graphic novel but then you go back mm -hmm. to the source again because it was just easier yeah so there was nothing changed from what the French uh, version, you know, the graphic novel, the, all the visuals and everything is basically. I mean, there straight. might have been a, a few like tiny things, like a couple places where we're like, we don't really have the rights to use that logo. So we're going to erase it. Um, 
uh, or or something like, well, I guess one thing I remember is that uh, one of the uh, American flags, the way it was drawn in the background, as a, an American citizen, I could tell all oh, those stripes are way too skinny. Um, <laughs> uh, whereas a French citizen, maybe like it, it looks fine. So we just uh, thickened up the the red stripes on the American flag. Um, <laughs> like that's like it, like very minimal stuff like that. So let's yeah. So you get, I mean, the book comes to first second. They basically, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, option the the French mm-hmm. version. Yes. So. Uh, you, how did you, what was your involvement? How did you start from square one on this translation? Seeing it's sort of, it's a unique translation. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I got the resource in English, so I don't have to worry about my French. But, you know, um, how did you sort of sit down and go, how am I going to attack this translation? Um, well, Mark Siegel is the acquiring editor, so he made the deal happen. It, it did take some some like negotiation between um David Simon's uh original publisher which uh, is in the Macmillan umbrella um, for second is a imprint of Macmillan um so it was it would that part was fairly easy but we also had to work out the rights like the graphic novel rights in in English like so there was some like contract negotiation stuff part to like make sure okay we we have all the rights cleared to publish this in English um and then um, I kind of took over managing the project once once we had all the rights secured and the contract signed. And usually what we would do is with a French license is we'd take this French graphic novel and send it to one of our translators and say, um, translate this into English. And actually, we did do that the, at first. And we got the translation back and Phil, Philippe looked at it and he said, no, this isn't quite right. The, you know, Let's go back to the source material, David's source material, and I I will I will do the translation, which was really not translating my French or um, but going to the book and like really copying and pasting as much as uh, he could that uh, English text into his comic. So really replacing his French with the English text as to best as best he could, and he did a really great job. But they just needed a little polishing here and there. So um. So then we get that translation and uh, uh, me and a number of other editors like just kind of polished um, that 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 English text. And um, and also, you know, there was some, you know, copy edited it because, uh, um, you know, again, uh, Philippe, you know, English is not his first language. So like um, there's just, you know, some and, and, and really with any manuscript, there's going to be typos. Um, so there was like, the polishing of the English. Um, and there was also um, a good amount of design work that had to go into the book because uh, the word balloons, um, the English is often like shorter than the French. So some of the word balloons were too big or too small. And so uh, thankfully, all those word balloons weren't, were on their own layer in Photoshop. Oh. But our design team had to do a lot of adjusting to the word balloons to make them the right size. Um, and also they uh, designed a new um cover for each volume and it took a lot of care to in the designing of the 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 book i think it looks really lovely um so yeah so there's so there's a whole team there's me and the freelance editors who worked on the project there's the designers there's our production editors who have handle the um copy editing and the the keeping the book on schedule and, and getting out to the printer um yeah and and we worked with philippe um very closely through the process like each 
pass that went through copy edit, we shared with him to make sure like he was okay with any of the corrections. Um, and he also was uh, really interested in how the book was designed. Like um, we were thinking about different ways to create uh, chapter pages because uh, there wasn't originally chapters in the French version. It was, um, it was, was it five volumes or was it four volumes? It was five. Yes. Five volumes, five short volumes. That's often how yeah. the French do it. Yeah, and yeah, you're bringing, is it the standard size of the band Destiné or? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, they're, they're like kind of oversized hardcover yeah. albums. Um, and we didn't publish it that large. Uh, typically when we bring in French, we, we shrink it down because they publish their books so large compared <laughs> to how we do it, but it's still a pretty, pretty large book. I, 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 I believe it's at least six by nine, um, page dimension and then very thick because it's yeah. so long. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so, um, we, we had to figure out how do we fit, how do we make two books out of five? Um, how do we, we decided to divide up into each volume up into chapters and then how do we design those chapters? Um, yeah. So we worked with Philippe closely on all of that. Um, and then yeah, yeah, finally it's, it's, it's ready to, to print. And so we, we send it to the printer and so, you know, book one is printed, book two, I believe is probably printed at this time. Um, it's it's away at the printer and then they're shared with the world. And so that's that's more or less the process that we do. Did you go back to the novel to try to figure out maybe the chapter breaks? Because it's been a, long, a while since I've read the novel, but of course there's chapters in that and there's, I think, even parts, you know, it's broken down. Did you, that, did you go back to, you know, sort of help um, you? Thankfully, we didn't have to do that because the way Philly broke up the the volumes, it's it's kind of unique. It would have like these blank pages that were kind of like these pauses between sections, and we just decided to call those chapters and number them. Um, so uh, we had to be a little creative on where we where we ended book one and where we started book two. Book one is volume in the in the in the the American book one is the French book one, two, and part of three. And then uh, our book two is the last half of three, four, and five. Um, so we had to kind of get, we just asked Philippe, where's a good place to end? And mm -hmm. he, he he said, okay, we'll do it here. So that, I guess that's the only place we kind of inserted a chapter that wasn't already, or a break rather, that wasn't already in there. Because um, he had all these blank pages that were um, sort of pauses between sections but were numbered as chapters and the first volume is out right let's get that you know so people who any homicide fans out yeah there, yeah it's just, just just recently came out yes and what about number two when when is that going to hit the shelves and homicide part two is um december december it's december 5th of this year so yeah fall of this year was david simon involved in this translation, did he have any involvement in moving, you know, prepping it for the American market or the English market? Um, he wasn't that involved. We did send each cover, each pass, um, you know, the final PDF uh, to to him for approval. And he was really hands off. Like, um, I think he had some feedback about the, the cover copy. Um, but he he really didn't like 
um, I guess meddle or with our with our this version too much. Um, one question that did come up, um, you know, homicide, the you know, life on the killing or a year on the killing streets that took place in the late '80s in a um, police precinct uh, with these sort of hard-boiled detectives, and you know, they sometimes are say use language and and. Uh, um, like derisive slang and that uh, is not really appropriate to, you know, especially by today's standards. And so one question was like, should we edit, should we edit this volume, edit their, edit their dialogue um, when they say something that's inappropriate um, or, or like um, even somewhat hateful. And we, we we checked in with David because we weren't going to make that decision without him. And he said, Hey, this is, they said this, this is, this is what happened let's just keep it. And so we did. Yeah, we did. Um, we did, uh, put a, I wouldn't put a little message in the front, um, to saying that, uh, that this is an unvarnished and honest story and we remain faithful to the original. Um, and sometimes the words in this book are offensive, um, but they paint, uh, an accurate portrait of life inside a homicide unit in Baltimore in the late eighties. So, um, that was kind of the, the one area where he was the most involved, where we were um, considering making an editorial change to the work. Um, but he said, he said, you know what, let's not. And we're like, yep, yeah, well, I agree. Let's, let's, we agree. Let's, let's stay faithful, faithful to the original. Um, but otherwise he's very, he was very hands-on. The, the thing about the novel and even the thing that rang the show too, is the the frustration at times that these officers ended up having the in the systems they were were in and you know the wire of course you know develops that even further about just humans dealing with the frustration at times and as homicide cops every day you're seeing you know a body or dealing with a body and trying to find people and you know i can see try and you know 30 years ago people we've things have moved and how to interact with each other and how to show have a little more respect i think I, hopefully we're tr- with the expectations of people i but it is it's a great you know snapshot of what it was like and 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 the job that these cops were trying to you know trying to do and as they say in the show you know the last i think speaking for the dead basically mm-hmm. and i think that comes up in the novel i think um it's probably somewhere you're probably a little more familiar with the novel. Like I said, it's been a while since I've read it, but I remember in the show, they would always bring that up that there was, it was an element of like, we might be the only people that can speak for the, you know, the people mm-hmm. who, have, who have left us. But um, it is, I mean, yeah, there's something raw about it and, and, and stuff like that. I'm glad it was kept. Is that something that's, you know, especially I've, there was something, I think criterion just, ended up getting uh there was an article i was reading because they were changing they actually went into the french connection and popeye doyle you know gene hackman's character was not the greatest cop and some of the words he was using i guess they actually changed some of the scenes which was just odd to read instead of putting a warning up front Mm -hmm. because you're talking about a movie that's 50 years old but you know in just another once again a snapshot and i like if you're going to say, you know, sort of just the warning, is that something I guess for a second considers all the time when they're adaptation, adaptation, especially something that's older? 
you know, is we that had, one to, you know, sort of base, just case basis? It hasn't come up that much because we don't do a ton of adaptations, especially adaptations of works that are that are older. Um, so it doesn't come up that often. Um, there is, you know, at times that we'll, like, since we're talking about, uh, like, foreign licenses, sometimes we'll license a work that, um, from France often, and, like, the, the sort of the norms in France are a little different than in America, especially for like what they publish for kids. Um, and uh, so sometimes we might make a, a, a judgment that, you know, for an American market for uh, for kids, like we should change this language or we should maybe even change this art. We, you know, at first second, we we do that very little. I've, I've worked at other publishers where they had sort of some standard rules about how they publish books for children like for example maybe no cigarettes in any books for children in within french publications for children it it, it was it's that's you'd often see like parents smoking or maybe even like teenagers smoking at a publisher I worked at previously we would just you know photoshop out those those cigarettes because we had some hard rules that no cigarettes in, in a book for kids no alcohol and we, we don't have that at, at first second like we, you know sometimes for example, we 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 published this um the series uh Castle in the in the Stars and there it's it's set in like the um 1890s and there's a a, a kid who smokes a pipe and you know there was that was a question that came up in the editing process like hey you know this is a book for kids should we show like this young person smoking a pipe and we we kept it in there we're like this is this is from a long time ago like I I don't, I don't think pipe smoking is like a, you know a, a real danger today among children. Um, I think they're going to understand that, that we're not promoting smoking. That this mm-hmm. is, this, this takes place in like France in the 1890s. <laughs> yeah, and um, that is that leads me to one question I wanted to ask: Is that now first second is pretty much known as a YA publisher, but that's yeah, not middle true. Grade. In yeah, middle, middle grade. We do like uh, a bunch of middle grade, a lot of YA, um, but we've always done. Um, adult books as well from our yeah. beginning yeah. yeah so so um yeah we really publish for all age groups but a this... large oh yeah this is this is definitely adult <laughs> this is in our adult <laughs> catalog um but you know uh we we uh i'd say our adult portion is smaller than our, our portion for for uh kids and teens um but yeah we we definitely put out a number of books a year for adult i was just thinking is this a sort of a sort of moving when it comes to first seconds approach to publishing adults, you know, adult material. Is this something, a a step forward or sort of new ground in a way of approaching? I think it is because it's, it is really an ambitious um, Mm -hmm. duology. And um, also it's, it's coming out in a time where we are really trying to um, be more ambitious with our adult publishing. Like if you look at our adult publishing coming out in 2023, you'll see that um, there are, the number of titles is 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 higher and also like we are um creating a more sort of cohesive design to a lot of our adult titles so they kind of look like they when you look at the spines they look at like they belong on a, a shelf together so um i think uh and a lot of that is uh um kirk our art director kirk uh, he's taking a lot of care into the, the sort of the package of our adult material and yeah so i i think that um if you look at the books that are coming out this year and next, you will see we're kind of um, leveling up 
Also in the last few years, they put out this adult um, series called World Citizen Comics. And that that was really ambitious. And those are nonfiction books for um, teens and adults about civics, you know, uh, teaching readers how to be informed citizens and um, informed voters. And uh, they're on a, they're by a, a number of top uh, they're by a number of authors on different topics. And the authors are all experts in their fields. Um, so those books have been, you know, very ambitious. Uh, like take so much research um, and then taking that, that all that um, information and and giving it to an artist to illustrate it on the page that's a it's it's not an easy thing to do so and putting and trying to put those books out on a really regular schedule putting out s- several a year so that's that's part of like another leveling up of our adult list I would say and, and that's um, something that first second has done for younger readers from the beginning if I remember yeah. correctly yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we've been doing science comics and history yeah. comics for several years. So um, we've been doing nonfiction graphic novels for for a while. But this this um, this sort of high pro- profile series for adult and their books are so beautifully designed. They're they're hardcover with with um, this cloth binding spine and um, really really gorgeously designed. Um, and yeah, so. Uh, and, and a lot of this is 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 all Mark Siegel, our um, editorial and creative director. He's been this is his vision. Um, working with our with our art director Kirk um, to 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 like kind of be more ambitious with our adult. And so the homicide, yeah, because I only read the the online version that you sent me. It's a hardcover mm-hmm. with every oh with what you just described basically. That yes, yeah, I would just. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's a um, so it's a jacketed hardcover. Um really really beautiful design. We we created uh we worked with Philippe the artist to create all new designs for the covers. Um so yeah, it's a jacket and then there's a design on the case and there's end sheets and um it's printed on uncoated paper. It's a really beautiful package. So I guess to wrap some things up, what do you think about what did you think about working on this project as the editor and sort of having to approach it differently than the typical translation? I mean, and also the material, what did you think about just the whole, the whole experience? It was challenging because it was different. It was, you know, we, we hadn't, we couldn't follow our, our typical formula for licensing. So, um, and even just all the, the work before the book is actually put together, like the contractual stuff, the licensing. We had, you know, a couple of different parties to work with. We had to work with Dave and Simon. We had to work with Philippe and we had to work with the um, French publisher, Delcor. So just the paperwork part of it, which is, you know, not the fun part, but but that that was a lot of work. So getting all that taken care of and um, and then figuring out how we're going to, this is going to be translated or how the English text is going to be imported in that was that was uh something new for us and also yeah philippe was a very um involved author and he had his he had you know strong opinions about some things like the cover design or the end sheets or um you know even the balloon size and placement like um so we had to work closely to make sure that he was happy with the with the um with the end result um so so it yeah it was a yeah, we couldn't just we couldn't follow our standard formula for licensing, which is often a little less involved. Like often we're working more directly with just one party, the French publisher. 
um, because we licensed from the French publisher, not from the French author. Um, And, you know, often they give, you know, a pretty easy rubber stamp approval to to uh, to what we um, translate and publish. Often they're very um, concerned with that we get the the, their copyright information on correct that we um, credit them as the original publisher correctly and that the author's name is you know spelled right and all those things. But um, they they are they often the French publisher isn't as involved in our translation of their version. So after this, um, David Simon also wrote the book The Corner, uh, mm-hmm. which was basically sort of you know a few years after another nonfiction. Is that is that has that been adapted in France at all? Is there any thoughts not, about bringing that in? Not not that I know of. I haven't heard anything about that. Oh, okay. I was just but um, we might be <laughs> we might be game. Like we could do this now that we've done this once. Like it'd be a lot of a lot easier to do it again. Would it be something? I know this is just you know that you that would come from for a second and just stay you know adapted by for a second in the American market, or do you think Philippe is? even thinking about maybe going to, you know, seeing what else David has and maybe tapping into the corner. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if, you know, if that's a possibility or if Philippe was interested. I mean, Philippe did such a good job. Like mm-hmm. so much research had to go into drawing this. He had the novel, of course, but he had to take these scenes that were described in the novel and like draw like what's the, on the background in a, you know, in a the office of a police precinct or um what a like crime scene looks like and he you know he had limited like source material but he was really able to dig up a lot and he he did a great job um like especially considering that he is an american he doesn't he doesn't uh he doesn't live in baltimore um but he he captured the the feeling and the like the the atmosphere so well um, but I, I know it took so much work. <laughs> so that, that's a question that Philippe will have to to ask himself if he wants to take that on again. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, but we're I, we might be game. Like <laughs> this this uh, I mean I think they really are amazing books. Um, and really just you learn so much about the minutia of um, how uh, this sort of police work is done and how like you know, daunting and kind of discouraging. It can be at times when you're like, you're really, you're trying to do this important work, you know, speak for the dead, as you said. And sometimes you just can't, you know, make that arrest or or like you can't, you know, find the guilty party or like it doesn't work out and you feel like you're letting this this family, this victim down. Um, I mean, it kind of gets to their, you know, it it kind of gets to their hearts and souls and, and it's, you know, it's, it's it's painful. Um, so there's there's a lot of that, in, but also just the minutia of every step of like, um, you know, doing a case like this. Like, what's it like going to the morgue? You know, um, what's it like going to a crime scene? What's it like then going to court and having to you know speak about this case? Um, and how they have to sort of have their ambitions and their hopes checked a little because. They don't really have control over whether this 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 person who they think is guilty will be found guilty. Well, whether they'll be you know um, sent to jail, like it's out of their hands. Um, they can, and I'm sure that like is hard to accept sometimes. Yeah, Philippe captured a lot, and you know, working from David's novel, which 
you know, is extremely detailed, but yeah, it, you know, the, the first part I just read and it's, he's, he's nailing it. He's nailing the frustration. He's nailing mm-hmm. the life. He's and and also now I'm seeing these characters who I read the novel, then I saw them and, you know, sort of spinoffs into the TV show. And now I'm seeing the real people again, you know, and just sort of like the bear. I'm like, okay, now I remember what he looked like and everything. It just, he, he didn't sort of, he wasn't lazy in creating this series, you know, adapting yeah. this book by any means. It really, it was a, a work of passion, I guess. So it was really happy to read what I read. You know? Oh, I'm glad. So, well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about it um, as before we, we sign off um, re- regarding the graphic novel, you know, part one and part two? Um, just that I, I'm really thankful to all the, you know, the the partners that um, helped us make this book, uh, Kirk Benshoff um, and 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 Sonny, um, uh, uh, who helped so much. Yes, Sonny Lee, um, who helped so much with the design and um, our various uh, freelance editors like Dennis Pacheco um, and... Uh, Philippe himself, um, who was such a great partner throughout this, and I hope we he's happy with the the product. Um, we really tried to um, bring his this, his beautiful work from France to an American audience. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, just to, I guess one thing I'd, I'd hope is clear from from this conversation is so many people go into making a book. Um, you might just see the author's name on the on the cover, but there's this whole whole army of people um, and folks I haven't even mentioned, like our production editor, or our managing editor, or our, our publisher, or our marketing and publicity folks. It's it's a real team. Um, so I'm thankful to all those people who who helped, um, who pitched in to make such uh, such beautiful books. Well, thank you, Robin, and we'll have to um, I'll have to have you come back, and we can have a much longer conversation about what you do it for a second and also what, what was it uh oh, the paper rocket mini comics too so yeah <laughs> it's gr- great meeting you and thank you so much for this you know shepherding you know this translation and oh. we'll we'll talk again i guess so. oh thanks thank you so much francis for the conversation <laughs> you're welcome see you later bye see you bye